Rusty Quill presents. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. Hello. And welcome. Oh, welcome. Uh, it's Jay, one of your DMs. And it's Sean, who normally plays Crater Wayne, but not this week. Not this week. We have something special for you today, actually. Off the heels of a very emotional episode, we are going to step back in time for two flashback episodes. How far back, you say? We the players don't even know. Mm. All we were told was to make a brand new character. Our character's public assignment is to accompany a diplomat with a secret assignment to covertly locate and retrieve a relic. That really is all that we revealed to you. <laughs> it, it, that, that was all that you gave us. <laughs> it wasn't much. Uh, the other note is that this isn't a typical flashback like we've had in the past with Celestine, where he's behind the wheel, so to speak. All of the players are playing brand new characters with absolutely no knowledge of our current party. Additionally, we're using a brand new game system that J and B have been working on. <gasps> At the time of this recording, they've been working on it for maybe a couple of weeks, so it was still under development. Yeah, not very many weeks. <laughs> no. All that you need to know for the system is that instead of rolling dice, we're asking the players to draw tarot cards. To succeed at something, they need to draw a card with a value lower than their limit score, which you'll hear them bring up when they have to draw. Right, and we have a comfort and a discomfort deck to draw from. Uh, there's lower odds of succeeding in the discomfort deck and higher odds of succeeding in the comfort deck, kind of like advantage and disadvantage, uh, but based on what skills your character has. There's a few more rules, but you'll pick them up as we go. I think that's it for now. Enjoy these next couple episodes as a respite from everything that just happened and all will be revealed soon. Yes, enjoy these before we get back to the main party and resolve what needs resolving if 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 you've if you're caught up you know what we're talking about it's you know what's up it's not good news it's bad anyway have fun <laughs> enjoy bye bye <laughs> previously on planet arcana we last left our heroes in the steam-filled manifestation of Lux Booker's office, prepared to battle the names Feratu while Teaspoon executes her own plan in the waking world. Crater Wayne goes blow for blow with his fellow steam android, wrestling him to the ground and pinning him with an immovable rod. But there is a complication. As Lux's thrall, Riot shares his wound. With the confrontation in full swing, Teaspoon begins her performance, transcending the barrier between reality and the networks. In her song, she confesses to giving Lux her true name and reveals how he has manipulated many others into doing the same, some unwillingly. Teaspoon divulges her plan to tell the whole world her true name, but in doing so, her identity will shatter. She will be forgotten, as if she never had a true name at all. As Lux realizes Teaspoon's intention, he grasps the medallion around his neck, reaching out to the Devil Arcana for help. But to his dismay, when Epoch the Devil responds, she keeps her deal with Celestine. 
delivering him Lux's true name, Collector. With some reluctance, Celestine uses this power against Lux. Meanwhile, Teaspoon reveals her own true name, Clemency. As the crowd sings along, this name is broadcast all over the Fifth Collide. With Teaspoon denamed and Lux on the verge of defeat, he must replenish his power using his strongest thrall, Riot. As Riot feels Lux's pull through her golden thread, she realizes she now has but two choices. Cut her own golden thread, thus denaming herself and leaving Lux's remaining thralls vulnerable, or spare those thralls through the sacrifice of her own life. Desiring, in the end, to tip the scales toward 50% good, Riot, the fifth Collide's most infamous influencer, chooses to die. With last words of love for her comrades, Riot fractures and dissolves into color and sound as she is absorbed by Lux, finally achieving her freedom. But for Lux, it is too late. His metallic shell falls away, revealing thousands of squirming leeches, no longer able to grasp the golden threads of his thralls. He is named Sferatu no more. Their mission in the network's complete, Crater and Celestine hurry to return to the waking world. They come back to themselves in Lux's trailer next to Riot's lifeless body. Heedless of his pleas for mercy, Crater and Celestine massacre the physical form of Lux Booker until he is not but a carcass of scrap metal and oil. Celestine finds his magic is unable to revive Riot, but does not give up hope that she can be helped later. Suddenly, Teaspoon bursts into Lux's trailer and, to her surprise, Celestine and Crater have not forgotten her. Carrying Riot's body, they follow Teaspoon to an owl vehicle while the people of Paragon rush to safety. The lake has drained. A calamity is nigh. Landing the owl atop Lux's office building, they rush to collect Finale 13. However... Before anyone can leave, a massive sphere of water emerges from the waterfall, rising up to Sector 9. Within it, an enormous whale-like creature sings to our heroes. And Celestine knows this to be Quintessa Sombra. But now, my dearest darlings, we return not to our heroes in their darkest hour atop the heights of Paragon, but rather to another place. And another time. I can hear you. I am listening. I can coming from all across the fifth collide. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork. The networks. Oh, these metropolises. These, these... Burdened. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be... Do not despair. You 
will see the world. You will know Planet Arcana. You will find All it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a key. As the whale sings to you in the real world, her plaintive notes transform into that of a piano, and you, Crater and Celestine, as you hold Riot's lifeless body, you too are transformed, pulled until you bled over into another time, another place. And as this happens, your identities as you know them fade until they are but whispers in the minds of those you now inhabit. The song's final notes reverberate perfectly around the open-ceilinged auditorium in which you stand. At the center of this domed hall, Sombra sits, playing an ornate grand piano that perfectly complements the magnificent surroundings. Completing her elegy, she stands. Her dark purple frame is visible under a star-patterned cape, and a crescent-shaped tiara sits atop a domed, crown-like device that floats magnetically above her head. Her face cast in shadow, only Sombra's glowing almond-shaped eyes are visible as she bows deeply, then sits once more at the piano bench, launching into another song, slow and somber. Silence fills the air where normally there would be applause. This is a solemn event indeed. A fair number of chairs are set up in the audience, though only half are filled. Beside the piano sits a large portrait of a friendly-looking Gears android, surrounded by flowers, a cup, a pentacle, a coin, a wooden staff, and a dagger. The portrait is engraved with a name that reads, James Lever. A closed casket sits behind it. Sombra plays her funeral dirge without singing this time, and those in attendance begin to rise from their seats and mingle solemnly. This portion of the funeral encourages attendees to share their memories of the deceased, which also poses a great opportunity to network. Based on the instructions in your dossier, 
you understand that now is the time to act. Though there are fewer people in the hall than you would expect, those in attendance make the space feel grand. Elegant and expensive-looking gowns and suits in every direction, fabric floating gracefully in the water as people move about. The food is fresh and delightfully fragrant, being mostly seafood. Though this is a cog executive's funeral, the ceremony is nonetheless fit for a regent. Within the crowd, three unlikely colleagues stand alongside the rest of the funeral attendees. Their mission, as given to them by the regent herself, is to accompany and protect Quintessa Sombra during this, her first diplomatic assignment. (laughs) Their secondary secret mission, to sneak away and scout the location of a rumored treasure on the outskirts of town. A relic, to be precise. And so, as our party scopes out the Granditorium for an opportunity to quietly duck away, some brief introductions. Name? Betty Bottom Dollar. She, her. Lineage? Human. Hobbies? Sports ball? Elegant spreadsheets? Music? Especially Shank Williams and Ray Snarls? <laughs> Description. Early 20s. Brunette. Hair in a tight bun. Presentably dressed with an air of subtly rich. A bookie, dealing primarily in sports ball bets. She was strongly advised to accept this job in order to settle some significant debts. Caused by a recent match that may or may not have been fixed. Or rather, was supposed to be fixed. Notable fact. Betty is the daughter of a notable royal known only as the Milkman. <laughs> Name? Father Fiat. He, him. Lineage? Cloud Android. Occupation? Influential Spectre. Hobbies and interests include wine tasting, reprimanding young people, gossiping at fancy parties to collect secrets, and worshipping the Arcana, of course. God. Description. Slender grey metal frame with gold filigree eyebrows and hair carved into his smooth head, clothed in deep red gold trim spectre robes, a mechanical face but with unnerving heavy lidded human eyes displayed via video screen. After bragging widely about his knowledge of relics, Father Fiat was volunteered for this job and was forced to take it lest he be caught in his lie. Notable fact, Father Fiat sports a secret tattoo of sorts. A golden V-shape studded with rubies adorns his chest, honoring the Hierophant. Name? Caspian Crowflies. He him. Lineage? Human. Secretly modded. Occupation? Weathered old sailor of his good ship Rosalind. Hobbies? Whittling. Flowers specifically. Roses especially. Description? Grumpy, Solitary and tough as nails, said to have once torn a man clean in half with his bare hands. Formerly considered the most handsome man in the land, now in his mid-fifties, this grumpy wanderer has long loved the sea in his own solitude, but also has a secret, soft underbelly. His primary companion is a small android dog with an appearance somewhere between a Jack Russell Terrier and a fox. Notable fact... Caspian's dog is known for its ability to sniff out and fetch explosives, whether on land or at sea. 
And so we have met our three unlikely colleagues as they set about on their assignment. Various movers and shakers are milling about, speaking to each other. There's sort of an air of (laughs) hidden motives as most parties involving wealthy people have. As you pick your way through the crowds, the three of you are approached by a pair of people. One cog, one Aquaian. Oh, no, no, come, 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 come. Oh, our guests from the regent herself. Please, we must chat. Of course, I am Mayor Tempto Bonanza. Obviously, you've known me. You've seen me around. I've been in contact with the regent's office. How has your stay been? Oh, it's just been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having us. Oh, Betty, any time. Absolutely. And just so excited that you're perhaps taking an interest in our brand new sports ball team. Yeah, uh, I'm... Very excited for Aqua Catch. It's it's been a long time coming. Oh my goodness! And I must introduce you to another honored guest tonight, Mister Link Lever Link. Um, hello, yes, and thank you for coming to my brother's funeral. It it means a lot. And my condolences. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Betty, my brother, he loved sports ball. Oh, did he? Oh. Everyone did. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm. I'm coming around to it for sure. Um, thank you for coming, and 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 the three of you from the region. I mean, that that it's truly such an honor for. Um, we never expected a funeral like this. I agree. It is an honor to have us all here, and in in keeping with that honor, you'd think that our accommodation would have been of higher quality. Oh dear, you're not pleased with your accommodation. It's just not up to the usual standard for the specters. What can I provide you to make this better? Anything at my disposal is yours. Well, an open bar for starters. Of course, of course. Yes, open bar. Absolutely. Now, of course, when you return to the regent, you will be telling her that we provided you with such things, perhaps uh, perhaps giving a good word that perhaps she would visit herself next time rather than send an envoy. When I return to the regent, my report will depend on the remainder of my experience here. I see. And... And and you, Mr. Caspian, is is there anything I can provide you to make your stay more comfortable? Oh, uh, uh I I slept on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> and what a beautiful ship it is! I see, it's the good ship Rosalind. I see, uh, absolutely marvelous and 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 amphibian, quite impressive. Thanks, uh, pride and joy. <laughs> well, a, a very unusual troop, I must say, but but exquisitely equipped for for such a. A marvelous event, and I was quite surprised that uh, an envoy was being sent at all for, well, it's not quite customary for a, a COG executive. No, but but certainly um, perhaps the regent has seen that we, we needed more funding. I mean, you understand, this research was so important to, to Jimmy, and, and I feel like we were just about to, to reach a breakthrough. I... Listen, I don't want to ask for a lot here. I, I appreciate that you're here at all, but... If I could just get a bit more funding for a, a retrieval team or, or something, it would. It, it might be the difference between, well, finding something massive and just letting it uh, go out. Before we make a recommendation for more funding, I believe we would need to know more about the nature of your research here. There is so much red tape to go through. Yeah, as much information as you can provide us, we can pass it along to our superiors and maybe we can get you a little bit more money. Well, I mean, you... Certainly, you knew that um, that Jimmy was studying the the power signatures around this area. 
Of course, we we have some of the best power signatures in all the Fifth Collide around here. It's no surprise that the Regent would be interested in increasing her funding and perhaps uh, electing a Viceroy in the area. And, and who could best recommend a Viceroy than myself and, and Link Lever, of course? I, I, absolutely. Jimmy was particularly interested in the power signatures from the, the pitch black, and it was just... It was impossible for us to get close to it, and we were just... We were so close to a breakthrough, like I said, and it's just terrible that he passed away so young. Yeah, it's only 13 years old. Yeah, in his prime, never even had his quarter-age crisis. Jesus. <laughs> truly a shame. Truly, truly a shame. Mm-hmm. Such a handsome fellow. Yes, he was. Almost as handsome as me. And what, if I may ask an indelicate question, was the manner of his passing? Link Lever leans in pretty close to you here, and, and he's just like, Well, I... I I don't want to assume anything, but it's not common for an android to die in their sleep, you know? And I, I'm i a bit worried that something was wrong with one of his parts or something, and we just never caught it. I mean, uh, it's um, just a freak accident, I think. Terrible. Father Fiat just puts a hand on Link's shoulder and <laughs> looks at Link with the most unsettling, uncanny valley, <laughs> human-ish eyes, and <laughs> just says... My child, the Arcana wills as the Arcana wills. None of us can know their true meaning. Jesus Christ, Father. <laughs> well, well, well. Thank you, Father. That means a lot. How how true, Father Fiat. It is so nice to have such an esteemed specter here to lend us your wisdom, lend us yes. comfort in our time yes. of grief. It is. It is. I would absolutely... Love to host all three of you anytime, and, and as I mentioned, with the regent in addition herself next time would be absolutely exquisite. I'm, yes, I'm, yes. I'm dying to lend my assistance, whether it's with this, you know, the lever projects on the outskirts of Aquacatch, or the appointing of a new viceroy. Perhaps I can throw a few names into the hat, or humbly present my own. Of course, those who have the the ears of the regent that they would send such an esteemed envoy for Sombra's very first diplomatic performance. Why, you must be even more important than you seem, and you seem quite important. I feel like you're saying one thing and meaning another. (laughs) (laughs) Very Uh, astute of you, Caspian. (laughs) Mayor Bonanza, like, like, uh, self-consciously adjusts his cravat uh, and is like, why, I have no idea what you mean. Uh, and, oh, hello, sorry, excuse me. Um, <laughs> if you need anything, please let me know. Mayor Tempto Bonanza is here to serve. And he uh, very awkwardly swims off. <laughs> I think Link Lever, seeing that he's just been left alone, just kind of like <laughs> looks between you guys and looks at the mayor. And then it's just like... um. Well, like I said, if, if, if you need anything, please let me know. And, and thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. It would have meant a lot to my brother. And like the mayor said, having Sombra perform here is one thing, and to have a, a complete envoy is another, and I thank you. Again, we're very sorry for your loss. I appreciate that. Parting ways with those who accosted you, your next move is to begin the secretive portion of your mission. Father, you came on a little strong there. What are you talking about? Look, everyone has their ways. I, I get that. But, like, maybe let's not creep out every guest here. We're trying to keep someone of a low what, profile. What do you mean, creep out? I'm simply you, talking about the Arcana. What is creepy have to be about the Arcana? Please, Father, you need <laughs> some semblance of self-awareness. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Look at your I don't, eyes. I don't need that at all. Why are they human-like right now? 
We're, we're trying to blend in. Th- th- this is this is the way my maker made me. I have human eyes so that I might connect with the humans amongst my congregation, uh, which is the entirety of the Fifth Collide. I am building rapport, you see. Caspian, you're seeing this too, right? <laughs> Turn my gaze to Caspian. <laughs> Caspian is standing between the two, and he's got these big bushy eyebrows where you can barely see his eyes underneath them. Uh, accompanied by a big bushy mustache which kind of looks like the eyebrows underneath uh, but you can you can just barely see his eyes underneath those eyebrows and they're flicking between the two speakers back and forth as they converse. He's very quiet and uh, you know a big frame of self-assurance of seeming self-assurance but in the eyes you can see the flicks of somebody who uh, doesn't interact with people very often and might have a bit of social anxiety. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I've been alone for a while. That's, that's quite all right. Uh, um, what, uh, how, how do, uh, how, how are we feeling emotionally? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> really you turn to Betty and you think I'm awkward. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we're here on a mission, but remember, it is a funeral. So, like, try and act a little sad, I guess. I am a little sad. Funeral. What's there to be sad about? The Arcana has called has called one of its children home, and there will be another born? Death and rebirth? The whole cycle? Uh-huh. If the Arcana has anything to say about death, then I don't know to what extent I'd give my trust, frankly. Well... That is a disturbing thing to hear you say. Right back at you. <laughs> All right. If I was an ancient relic being hidden at a funeral for a high member in the COG community, I would be where exactly? Like in a back room or like on someone's person? What are we thinking here? In the casket. We should look. <laughs> I'm going to step in. That's not a horrible idea, actually. <laughs> step in for a second here. If the information is in your dossiers that... It is suspected to be connected to the power signatures that are being read outside of town and to what Link Lever mentioned, something called the pitch black. Well, I think there's something to be said for outside of town, no? Yeah, is it rude to, like, leave a funeral early? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a big thing, and it's super rude. Um, But that's sort of (laughs) the crux of the funeral is that these events go on for hours. Everybody has their turn to cry. You know, there's like so many speeches, just endless music, uh, rituals involving the cup, the pentacle, the sword and the wand. There's there's plenty to come in this funeral. Knowing this, you may want to excuse yourselves in a subtle manner. Personally, there's only so much of all of this emotion that I can take. And I'd just as soon leave out the back when we get a chance. That's my move. <laughs> Okay, um, let's try not to get noticed. Yeah, uh, one second. Fisher! <laughs> and uh, a little android dog that kind of looks like, like I said, between a mix of uh, of a Jack Russell Terrier and a fox bounds over across the sea of people he was sniffing. Oh. And uh, this oh. is Fisher, uh, Caspian's oh. little guy. He just like kind of like comes over and does like three backflips in a row as a, oh. a means of hello. Oh, <laughs> now see here. What is this? Uh, that's Fisher. Who's a good boy? He's uh, he's my little guy. Who's a good boy? You are. <laughs> yes. Bark. 
<laughs> Lovely singing voice on this one. <laughs> Some additional information in your dossier before you make any further plans is that there is a body person that is set to meet you on the east side of town. Basically, they have the supplies that you were not able to bring to the funeral. Do we know their name? Yes, their name is Stella. Cool. All right. So is Quintessa at the funeral right now? Yes, she's on stage. Every now and then she ducks backstage, presumably to have like a drink, something to sustain her. Um, and then she's back out to continue playing music, uh, sort of facilitate the speeches and the ceremonies. So yes, she is currently at work. But we have to escort Quintessa, so we're not going anywhere until she's ready. Well, no, that's that's sort of your your premise for being here, but you're you have a secret secondary mission. I right? see. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. to be clear, we escorted Quintessa here. That's the cover. Yeah. And now we're going to slip away. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. And Quintessa is aware of that. She shouldn't be. She she's not supposed to be. Except for the fact that we talked about it the whole ride over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, everyone's distracted. Let's let's go meet this Stella and be on our way. Mm. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> let's see here. I think I want to call for a navigate draw from somebody to see how smoothly you manage to sneak away unnoticed. Thematically, I, I love the idea of, of Caspian, <laughs> the ship captain, navigating us away. <laughs> The only thing is I did switch to analyze instead of navigate because I feel like he he tends to navigate with instinct instead of the the proper fashion. Mm, Gotcha, Uh, gotcha. All right. But welcome to it because he is awkward as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's entirely it's entirely up to you uh, whether you want to. I can I can take it if you don't want to. But yeah. Um. Why don't you just so we don't start off on a awkward note. Okay, yes. Fiat's way to to get out of the situation, to get out of here, is is maybe less stealthy and 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 more like Well, the emotion is overwhelming me. I will need to step out and get some fresh air. <laughs> uh, all right, draw me that. Okay, so this is this is our first check. Woo! Woo! Okay, so I am I am comfortable with this because I have some skill in navigation mm-hmm. so i'm going to draw from my comfort deck yes my limit score is 10 and i have drawn a six of wands Ooh. so i pass oh baby excellent perhaps having heard you like waxing endlessly about the arcana that people have are kind of avoiding you father <laughs> they don't want to get an earful particularly the young people that's right Young people better watch out. <laughs> and uh, your your comrades patting you on the back follow. <laughs> and outside of the Granditorium, you step and into a bustling pavilion of citizens swimming about, hoping to catch the echoes of Sombra's song from over the Granditorium walls. As you squeeze yourselves through the crowd, the city of Aquaketch sprawls before you in every direction. The domed coral-like edifices seem new, barnacle-free, and perfectly smooth. Hundreds of light orbs float throughout the sea above these buildings, illuminating the city and casting dramatic shadows as they rock gently in the current. 
Eastward, your dossiers instruct you, and so eastward you head. First, past a residential district where young Aquayan children play a complex game involving a ball, a flag, and the shooting of bubble guns, trapping each other in air pockets that go floating upward before popping. Sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Then, a mercantile district where stalls are stacked atop each other in long columns, vendors barking prices and sales pitches at the crowds. As they do, they repeatedly cast fishing lines outward, dangling samples in the faces of swimmers by. Finally, you feel as though you're reaching the outskirts of the city, mainly populated by office buildings, many of which sport for rent or for sale signs, and many of which seem to be still under construction as Aquaketch expands its territory. When you make it far enough to finally see the edge of town, you're greeted by an ominous sign that was mentioned in your dossier. The text on the sign warns readers, Stop. Prevent your death. Go no farther. Beyond this point lies the pitch black. More than 50 citizens have been lost to the pitch black since the founding of Aquaketch. There is nothing in the pitch black worth dying for. Well, well. I can't say I approve of building such a large city so close to such a dangerous place. But only 50 in the history of the city? That's not that many. I actually like her odds. I have some information to provide to you, Betty, because of course, Betty would never say such a thing. Mm. Okay. Because of course, Betty knows that Aquaketch was only founded one decade ago. Well, 50 people in a decade? That's a lot. They should have a fence up or something here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And as you scrutinize the sign, your voice announced itself behind you. You see... Oh, oh, sorry. 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 (laughs) No, it's my fact. I thought I was the voice. (laughs) You see a large and boxy equated woman with shoulder-length braided hair and utilitarian clothing. How's the funeral? Boring be honest yeah most people were sad not much fun yeah i mean even like uh you know a diplomatic funeral like this one cannot escape the uh the trappings of what makes funerals suck anyway um you guys made it out okay no one saw you oh everyone saw us but no one cared (laughs) well i guess that's better than nothing um yeah so i got all your stuff here the pitch black is like just east of the city boy i hope you guys make it out (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's not very promising yeah well i mean if if the region picked you you've got to be the best of the best right Uh... yeah for 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 sure um question (laughs) do you know what lies past this ominous little uh little sign here well i mean the pitch black and if the readings are right then hopefully a relic Mm. i mean but like what specifically has been killing 50 people in the black well it's uh hard to say i mean we don't even know that anyone's dead they just haven't come back you know Oh, okay (laughs) oh so yeah did you guys know sheldon no sheldon aquitect sheldon sheldon Oh, I believe I met Sheldon at a party once. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not that memorable, so I don't really blame you if you do not remember him, but... Good, I was lying. <laughs> he, um... I mean, we used to, like... We're not, like, friends or anything, but, like, we used to go out for beers after work and whatever, and, uh... Uh, he went out to the pitch black, and... I mean, he's the last person who should go, and he didn't come back, so... Oh, yeah. Bazinga. Um, I, that, yeah, I have more faith in you guys, pr- probably. <laughs> Has anyone come back from the pitch black no (laughs) no not yet aha 
Might I have a moment with my comrades? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> circle up now, circle up. What the fuck? All right. I'm beginning to think that the region sent us all because we were the most expendable, not because we were the best people for the job. That's not a very good success rate. Zero percent. Zero percent. Is bad. It it is bad. (laughs) Looking looking at at, at Betty, you're the bookie. (laughs) How good is that? (laughs) Yeah. um, Not great great odds. I don't have a lot of confidence going in here, but hey, someone's got to be the first, right? Uh, Shit. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm... uh, I'm I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> of course you're fine with it. You clearly have nothing to lose. Uh, that you don't say that to people. I'm sorry. No. Can, can we just say what we're what 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 we're all thinking here? I, I I've got Fisher. Yeah. Work. He's <laughs> a charming dog. And and Fisher needs you. So you need to, you need to keep yourself safe on this mission too. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really have a choice here. So. Look, I know we're kind of like a ragtag team put together here. Well, speak for yourself. Let's let's take it slow, and we'll try to stay out of the really dark parts, I guess. I don't know. Let's just get in and get out. Emphasis on the uh, get out. Yeah, that's the most important part to me. To me, as well. Great, we're all on the same page. I have much to live for. My life is wonderful, and I intend to come back to it. That's beautiful. Must be nice. All right, Stella, I think we're ready to go into the into the void here. Yeah, sweet. Hey, what, if you had to guess, like, what Arcana's relic do you think it would be? God, it would suck if it was the devil, right? <laughs> mm. Here's hoping it's the Hierophant. Me and the Hierophant, tight. Old pals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if I had to... If I if I got to choose, I feel like maybe the lovers might be kind of sick. Mm. That sounds sweet, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, if it's the lovers? This could be nice. That that that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. Maybe people don't come back because it's because it rules in there. <laughs> oh, what a great perspective. <laughs> yeah, but you guys got to come back because you are getting paid. You guys are getting paid. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Father Fiat doesn't get out of bed for less than fifty gold. <laughs> so reasonable. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. You guys got any questions for me or are you feeling good? Let's enter the black. All right. Stella equips you with all of your items. Do we want to just quickly go around and say what everybody picked for their items? Yes, please. Yeah. Betty's got a couple of eyewear accessories with her. Uh, one of them is a lavender scented eye pillow. Uh, just it's, it's real, real comforting and it <laughs> smells real nice. She wears it in in times of need when she needs to feel comfortable um <laughs> nice and the other set is a, a set of driving goggles which helps her navigate this weird world a little bit easier you might say <laughs> and then she never goes anywhere without her trusty switchblade very nice Dope. father fiat has a pair of badass sunglasses which they i imagine them as like slightly steampunky gold rimmed very dark circular glasses uh he tends to use them he wears them a lot because of the whole eyes thing um he also has uh, a few a few like like just this little pack of needles this the that are like injection shots uh that do a thing and then uh stella was holding for him his uh ornate dagger it's a it's this like beautifully designed gold dagger with a with a ruby on the hilt 
it definitely looks like it's seen more use as a letter opener than as a weapon. <laughs> On the hilt, there's a subtle engraving that reads, Yours in devotion, M.M. Oh, I see. Caspian has keeps it in his pocket, Lucky Sand Dollar, and it's got an eroded thumbprint in the back from rubbing. Oh. He, too, is a series of shots that uh, he keeps in his butt pocket. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, he's got a bazooka. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you definitely can't take that to a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I fucking love it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, Stella sets you up with all your items, and she kind of just, like, literally dusts her hand- hands of the whole affair and... When uh, you're all equipped and you're ready to go, she just swims away back into the city of Aquaketch, and you are left at the edge of town. Well. Well. No sense in putting it off. I quite agree. After you. Mm. Caspian shrugs and uh, surges forward. And so the three colleagues (laughs) (laughs) exit the city and start to head eastward towards the pitch black. A boat. Five minutes only out of town. I'd like everybody to make an instinct check. Mm-hmm. So just to be clear from a rules perspective, this is not one of my major or minor skills. So I'm drawing from my discomfort deck. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. If you're if you're familiar with the skill and you have any points in it, you draw from your comfort deck. And if not, you draw from your discomfort. And Perfect. despite the fact that my glasses give me a plus one to, to instinct, I'm still drawing from my discomfort. Yeah, correct. Awesome. Okay. Ooh. well, I have a seven limit score for instinct and I drew the two of pentacles. So that's a pass. Okay. Baby. Success. I have a nine total limit score uh, and I got a five of swords success mm. and i also have a nine limit score and i drew the seven of pentacles wow Very nice. okay passes three successes a great start to be honest about five minutes out of town as you're walking you hear something behind you as you're leaving the city you sort of like you you all hear something and maybe like instinctively the three of you stop to, to listen and when you stop the sound stops and then you start back up again and the sound starts up again. It just sounds like there's something following you. Something's afoot. Well, what is it? Can you see anything? Mm, no. <laughs> Should we hide and see who approaches? Mm. You're so scared. It's probably nothing. It's probably just a little manatee or something. <laughs> just a little manatee. I could, yeah. uh, I could uh, send Fisher in. Well, yes, of course. All right. Uh, Fisher heads into the darkness behind them. Fisher heads backwards away from the direction you were heading and there's like a couple um high reeds here high seaweed here um kind of like the perfect place for someone to to hide and as fisher goes into the um into the seaweed and just you you just hear like the bark.mp3 kind of like barking away um in the seaweed you see that fisher seems to have found something or someone and is pushing them out of the seaweed. And they're just kind of like, they're like grabbing at their uh, <laughs> long cloak that they've got on to try to like keep Fisher from biting at it. <laughs> this person exits the the seaweed so that you can see them. And you see this figure wearing a deep teal cloak. And as 
they step out of the seaweed. Their hood kind of drops, maybe just from like rushing through the water when they didn't expect it. And they reveal themselves, herself, to be Sombra. She looks at you, her eyes glowing from within the shadows cast by her domed crown. Hmm. Your dog is quite clever. Uh, thanks. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? Why, I'm simply staying close to my escorts. Am I not? And she looks quite pleased with herself. Well, very good. <laughs> yes. Well, I suppose you could say that, but shouldn't you be playing where the people are sad? Shouldn't you be mingling? In attendance at the funeral, I personally uh, am not feeling very well. Uh, I actually took a, a faint on stage. <gasps> Unfortunate as it is my first performance ever, but I had to excuse myself. <laughs> hmm. What are you doing here? Just on a nice stroll in the outskirts of Aqua Catch? Uh, we're looking for uh, a red... Caspian? <laughs> what was that? No, 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 no. I would love to hear Caspian speak Caspian. No, no, no. I, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I, uh, I don't, uh, I know. Uh, we, we were looking for a really dark place to have a cigarette because it's like not, <laughs> it's, it's like not polite to like smoke at a funeral, right? I, I love cigarettes. Yeah. Quite right, quite right. I love cigarettes as well, two at a time if I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And how, I do it. how, pray, were you planning to light a cigarette underwater? Mm, mm, they're fuck. water cigarettes. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> oh my god, water cigarettes. Can I have one? I'm dying for one. Don't mm, tell the regent. No. Uh, we, we only have three. Why? You knew I was with you. You didn't uh, think that I might want a water cigarette? I am an adult now, you know. We promised the regent that we'd take care of you. Ma'am, if I may, uh, your, your voice... Yes. Uh, don't uh, don't smoke. Have a bit of a adverse reaction to your voice. Oh, you sound like my maker. Makers, am I right? You're so right. <laughs> You're so right, Betty. Okay, I'm getting distracted here. What are you doing? I had to sneak away because you snuck away. Look, it's really not safe for you to be in the pitch black with us here. Like fifty people have died here in the last decade. <laughs> Zero percent <laughs> success rate. Zero percent. <laughs> That's bad. Okay, so why are you here? Mm. What's what? Uh, I knew that the regent was hiding something, and I'm going to need to know if you want me to keep quiet. And that's as simple as it is. But that doesn't seem very simple at all. I believe you'll find it is. You put us in a very awkward position. It's our job to keep you safe, at least outwardly. And if you come in to the pitch black and you don't make it back out, then we have failed. Oh, but what if I wander off and get lost on my way back to Aqua Catch? This is troublesome. Young people. <laughs> young people. Yes, young people. Father Fiat. I tell you what, I'm coming with you. You can choose whether or not to tell me why you are wandering towards the pitch black outside of Aqua Catch, or you could choose not to. What you cannot choose is whether or not I come with you. Um... Give us one moment. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Okay. This bitch is not going to leave us alone. No. <laughs> my mind. Oh, I heard that. No, you didn't. I'm whispering. <laughs> That's fine. What do we do here? Uh, she leaves us very little choice. Uh, I'm not one to argue. <laughs> Just like that. Just period. <laughs> Just not one to argue. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe she can help. 
I don't know. Or she's just a good company. She can sing for us as we walk. I don't know. Uh, would, would that not give away our position pretty quick? Singing. It would, but the vibes would be good. <laughs> Howsoever short they might be. Well, I guess we just bring her along then. Quintessa, it would be lovely to have you come with us. Oh, I'm so happy to hear you say that. And don't worry, I didn't come unprepared. I took the ceremonial dagger. Uh, what's that? Oh, the one that's used in funerals. You know, the, the cup, the coin, the staff, the dagger. I, 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 I snuck it away. I had a feeling something. You stole a piece of ceremony? Well, I am the officiant, after all. It is my equipment. I am qualified for this, you know. I have studied for years, and 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 I do believe that I am well equipped to use this dagger, both both ceremonial, ceremonially and non ceremonially, and 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 that's that. Fiat raises his sunglasses and squints his weird eyes at uh, <laughs> at, at Quintess, and it's just like, hmm, secrecy, deception, something of the moon about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Fiat. I quite like that. Well, it seems you are resourceful, if nothing else. So, mm. you know, keep up. Marvelous. Thank you. Wonderful. And are you going to tell me what your errand is? Mm. No. I see. I I, uh, I suppose that is fair. Uh, Caspian is going to walk over to Fisher and grab him by the top of the head and lift him up. Uh, and then walk over to Quintessa Sombra and just like hold him in the air oh. towards her until she, puts, she put, puts her hands out. It For me? Uh, yeah, yeah. And drops him into her hands. Oh, heavier than expected, but <laughs> so very cute. Yeah. All right, I, I will, um, what, what is, I will guard yeah. Fisher with my life. Uh, and, and he will, uh, reciprocate. Oh. But, uh, he's indestructible, so. <laughs> no, uh, no biggie. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right. What a marvelous dog. Thanks. Uh, Quintessa, just as we walk here. Yes. Tell us about your creation point journey. It must have been so exciting. It also must have been pretty hard to be away from your maker for so long. Oh, well, my maker and I, <laughs> our moments together are, are often brief, but very, very fulfilling. My journey was intense. I was expected to study most topics uh, far more deeply than most young androids do, and specifically music, although I do have a fondness for religion as well. Pleased to hear it. Yes, I thought you might be. You've been trained for high station at a young age. Surely your maker is someone significant in the Fifth Clyde. Surely I know them. I'm going to stop you right there, Father Fiat, because you do indeed know Sombra's maker. In fact, all of you know Sombra's maker. Everyone on the Fifth Collide possibly knows Sombra's maker to be the regent. And can you remind us who the regent is at this time? Of course I can, because this is a name that has existed for as long as all of you have lived. As long as all of you can remember, it comes as naturally as breathing for you to realize that Sombra's maker, the regent... Her name is Regent Faze. Okay. So this is like a true fucking flashback. Yeah, this, oh. so this is a, fucking, <laughs> a flash way back. Uh, 
So for the for for the 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 listeners, and certainly not at all me, because I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the history of the Fifth Collide. Um, can <laughs> you remind us? So, uh, Regent <laughs> Phase was the regent at the time of the big oops. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Who disappeared or who was killed or killed after the so so can we infer that we are pre big oops right now <laughs> pre big oops you've never heard the term big oops uh, all right oh, gotcha. God. Okay. Oh, God. how very dare you, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and here I was when I was like the worst case scenario was the person stalking us was going to be fucking Aqualung <laughs> Aqualung's not even a Twinkle in his uterus. Twinkle in a uterus. That is how babies are made. <laughs> the uterus starts to twinkle, and then yeah. you have to you have to sprinkle Beautiful. the uterus to make an aqua lung. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, sprinkle it. Sprinkle it. Sprinkle, sprinkle for the twinkle. Sprinkle it real sprinkle. good. <laughs> Guys, this was a serious reveal. <laughs> it's been rooted. Good. Oh. Well, fuck. Well, fuck. So, Father Fiat, having t- having mentioned to Sabra, asking her who her maker is, you you try to say that, but it it doesn't quite come out. And then time re- sort of rewinds a little bit, and then we start again when you're sure of what you're about to say. Well, seeing as your maker is who they are will be all the more important that we bring you out of this in one piece so do stay close i will let let me ask you a question when my maker hired you for this escort (laughs) mission did she say anything about why she wasn't coming to my first official performance i'm afraid that uh the regent is not in the habit of sharing her private thoughts with me. Hmm. I'm sure she was just really busy. Yes, I I think you're probably right, Betty. <laughs> it's always been so difficult to keep her attention. I get that, yeah. Well, you know, she works very hard, and she can't make it to all of your recitals, but she really promises that she'll be there the next time. R- really? She does. I, I know. I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> well, oh, uh, well it, it did, briefly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, hang on to that feeling. L- look, now... Just one more thing. If this all goes right, I'm counting on you all to put in a good word for me with my maker. I need to start showing her that I'm capable enough, that she can trust me, that that I'm an adult now and she doesn't have to keep things from me. Deal? Well, it seems we're putting in a good word for just about everyone at the end of this, so why not you two? (laughs) The perils of knowing the regent. At at least you seem to be meaning what you're saying. That I get. Oh, I promise I am. Hello, it's Jay, one of your DMs. I'm briefly interrupting the show once more to tell you about our Patreon, which is hands down the best way to support us. If you like Planet Arcana, which I assume you do because you've likely listened to a bunch of episodes to get here, well, let me tell you, there's even more Planet Arcana to listen to over on our Patreon. We have a talkback show called Recharge, where we discuss the episodes and theories and also tell fun and personal stories about ourselves. It's very silly, and I can guarantee one belly laugh minimum per Recharge if you're into 
um, the humor that we have on offer, which again, you probably are because you've listened to probably minimum 50 episodes. Anyway, we got a bunch of other cool stuff on the Patreon too. An art club, personalized audio recordings, game sessions by B and I, exclusive merch, Discord benefits. Oh yeah, you want it? (laughs) We got it, baby. But of course, if you are supporting us by listening or reviewing or telling your friends, we already love and appreciate you so much. Every single download counts for an indie show like us, and truly, we cannot thank you enough for being here. Okay, that's all I've got. Let's get back to the show. You walk and you chat with Quintessa Sombra, and the sounds of the city fall away behind you. And you go in search of the pitch black, and not long outside of the city, the seabed's heavy silence starts to weigh you down. You start to lose visibility out here, the lights of the city fade away behind you too, and it's dark. It's not pitch black, but the bottom of the ocean is not particularly high visibility. I'm going to ask everyone to make a navigation check for me. Mm. I'm good at this. This is my specialty as well. Right. Limit score of 10, and I pulled the seven of wands. Success. I have a limit score of 11. Ooh. Ooh. And, oh, this is very fitting for my first major arcana. I pulled the moon. Oh. Hey. Semantically sound. That's beautiful. I have a total limit score of eight, and I pulled the four of wands from my discomfort deck. Fantastic. Well, two successes, and Betty pulled a mixed success. The moon has to do with secrecy and keeping things obscured. So I think that, Betty, you're maybe the first to notice that you maybe like pull out a compass or some some sort of navigational tool to help you in the depths here, trying to find the pitch black. And as you pull out a compass, you look at it and it just shatters. You kind of look around and start to feel very disoriented and um, a little bit lost here. You're luckily able to keep up with the group, but you're finding this all to be quite overwhelming, almost confusing. Directions are starting to lose their sense and lose their meaning. Nothing happens at this juncture. Should you fail a navigation check coming up, you might suffer some further consequences with your mixed success. But with the other two of you um, handily leading the way, you see it ahead of you after about maybe an hour or so of walking, the pitch black, domed like the Granditorium, but much, much larger, an impenetrable shadow. Your tangible senses feel dulled by its presence, but a more abstract sensation prickles at the corner of your mind, a sense of contemplative discovery and isolation. This darkness is stifling, still heavy and deep. And visibility further than a few feet in front of you becomes completely impossible. Where to go when wrapped in total darkness? Well, 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 well. Caspian, something about this place feels familiar, perhaps in a comforting way. Mm. Can I discern that thing? Make an analyze check for me. (sighs) That's not my strong suit. Okay, though, got uh, an ace of wands, so. Oh, sick. Nice. Hello. Dang. The sense that fills you all here, contemplative discovery and isolation, you are pulled, or not ruled, but perhaps drawn to a similar sense, considering that your, your life has sort of revolved around a similar isolation, 
And perhaps in that isolation, you have discovered things about yourself. Now that you're out here seeking a relic and not knowing which arcana the relic is associated with, you feel like you might have a bit more clarity into, well, the nature of this arcana, considering you are familiar with it. Uh, I uh, think we might be dealing with the hermit here, folks. Mm. Is that one of the good ones? Uh, They're all the good ones. Yeah, yeah, but like, but like, yeah, yeah, a, g- a good one. <laughs> no, <laughs> my child, how disrespectful! Uh, I um, feel a sense of comfort. Okay, that's uh, that's good in my books. Now, wait a moment. I thought I felt something, but are you telling me that we're after an arcana? Ah. Uh, no, 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 we can't, we can't be after an arcana, we can't touch the arcana, that, that, that's ludicrous, the arcana are somewhere else, we can speak to them, we can, if we're lucky, hear them, we can't go get them. More like one of their things, or... Wait, no, uh, wait, you're not saying that, okay, I think the time has come for you all to tell me what your objective is. We're encroaching upon the territory of an arcana, and not just any arcana. The hermit, Caspian? The hermit arcana? One who prizes isolation, solitude, introspection? I, uh, don't... I don't see anything wrong with that, personally. Personally? I see a lot wrong with building a city that encroaches on the territory of an arcana who seeks to be alone. None of you see a problem with this? Now that you mention it, kinda... And what is our purpose? Please, you have to tell me. Well, like I said, taking one of his things. Caspian, Fiat, Betty, tell me we are not going for a relic. Okay, we won't. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're getting rather worked up, and I don't think that's going to help us accomplish what we need to. This is on the orders of my maker? Well, yes. I don't think any of us would have chosen to be in the pitch black, where 0% of the people that go in come out. So far, it's not so bad, though. (laughs) It's not that cold. It's not that warm. It's nice. (laughs) Temperate. This must be what the advisor was trying to warn me about. What's that? Say again. The advisor. The regent's advisor. Uh, Advisor fate. Exactly. Advisor fate. He, well... uh, (laughs) In his way, I don't think he was directly uh, saying anything, but, w- well, he he did bring up that the three of you, you're, you're uh, perhaps a little unusual escorts for a diplomatic mission, no? Fair. I don't think there's anything unusual but a high-ranking specter accompanying a royal. Yes, but perhaps a high-ranking specter, a bookie, and uh, an old seafarer as a trio. <laughs> a little unusual, no? Well, you've got me there. Well, uh, well, I need to know more. And if entering the pitch black and encroaching on the hermit's territory is what we must do, then I, 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 against my better judgment, I will continue to accompany you. Now, see here, you forced yourself on us. Well, see here, what's your motivation for coming here? I was, I, I was ordered to do so. I am here to, I, I am here to represent the specters, because of course. Mm-hmm. And you, Betty? Um, I, I have a, I have a duty to the regent. <laughs> Um, As do we all mm. well said, young Betty. If that's how it's going to be, then fine. Let's continue to play these games with each other and step 
into territory that no one has returned from. Uh, I, I had uh, n- nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Casper. Yep. Listen, Quintessa, I need to go in there, get this thing, and get it. This could be very dangerous. As we said, zero percent of people come back, which is ludicrous. Um, like a part of this job was to keep you safe. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I don't think it's a great idea for you to come with us, if I'm being honest. I'm sorry, but there's just absolutely no way that you're going to stop me. I mean, I'm not going to stop you, but like I'm telling you that you might find yourself in some hot water here with us. I'm willing to accept that risk. I I need to know what my maker is up to. I need to know why she hides things from me. I need her to know that I am worth her trust. That I can do more than sing at ceremonies for the rest of my life. I am to be her voice someday. And I, I have to make my own choices and in order to do that. That's a lot of pressure. Thank you, Caspian. It is a lot of pressure. Oh, I think he meant on us. Oh, uh, yes, it is a lot of pressure. I don't. But you accepted this job. It had nothing to do with me. I mean, I'm sorry for your troubles, but I'm coming with you into the pitch black. I, I don't see the problem with that. Well, I suppose if none of us make it out of here, then none of us will face any consequences. So, there we go. That's the spirit. <laughs> you press forward through the pitch black, whatever forward means here, and due to the nature of this unpiercing darkness, you didn't even realize until you all start to look down and notice that there's no bed beneath you, no seabed, no sand. But instead an underwater lake. It was hard to see before, and it's very hard to see now, and actually it's strange that it has even (laughs) become uh, visible in this moment because you haven't been able to see anything, and you realize that something is piercing through the darkness. Through the oppressive weight of the pitch black, a sudden series of quickly flashing lights in the distance. They immediately draw your attention, particularly because there is nothing else to notice in this darkness. The lights seem to grow as they flicker, larger and larger, until you realize they are approaching you and that they're not lights. They're scales. Fish scales. Each of them the size of your palm, belonging to a creature of massive size, scaled like a fish and shaped like a long serpentine whale. The creature cascades with luminescence as it twists in the water. She twinkles like a galaxy, as beautiful as she is massive. And then when she's only yards away from the three of you, she turns and begins to swim away. The lights start to recede. Oh my. What's... What is that thing? Have you heard of the liminal beasts? No. Well, of course I have, but I would like to hear what you know. Well, <laughs> they, they say that they're extra-dimensional. <laughs> they, they say that they live at the border between realities. And, well, I mean, this is all legend. I I truly didn't believe. It must it must be drawn to the Arcana's presence. It looks like a whale. Does rather. Hmm. At this point the whale is swimming quickly away and the light is starting to go with it. What should we do? Well, it's the only sense of direction we have here. Follow? Yes. Sure. You follow the liminal whale. You almost lose sight of her a couple times, and you hurry to keep up with the fabled beast that swims ahead of you. 
And finally, you begin to gain some ground on her as she slows and twists into a circular pattern. And just as you catch up, she begins to dive downwards towards the ocean floor. And you realize you can see a rippling effect on the ground ahead. (sighs) Submerged in water at the very bottom of the ocean though you are, you find yourselves in the middle of this underwater lake, discernible only by how its gentle waves reflect the light of the beast's scales. And as you attempt to take all this in, the beast completes her plunge, disappearing into the lake entirely. She leaves behind her a trace of light, like a soft underwater aurora. What the... Precisely. What what? (laughs) There goes only sense of direction. Now, you said that... It left behind uh, like an aurora. Is there it, like, can we see some stuff now? Is there lasting light? There's sort of a trace image of the patterns uh, that were present on the whale, the sort of like flickering light effect and that they're just sort of present on the waters, not edge. What's the top of water called? Like the waters. Meniscus. Surface. <laughs> right on the water's meniscus (laughs) yeah so it's it's left this light sort of like dangling like trailing down yeah so can we can we see anything though with the light all you can see is the dark water now i'm no expert on an underwater lake in fact i've never seen one before in all my travels but what's it made out of maybe try a taste Caspian does. <laughs> <laughs> it's very salty. Caspian just goes in knee deep. Oh. Oh. Oh my. Caspian, as you go, like plunge yourself in knee deep, there's a very strange sensation. Like um, a force opposite you is trying to push from your feet, uh, push you back out. It doesn't like throw you, but you notice that there's like a, like an opposing resistance. Seems a bit floaty. Well, maybe let's try to break through. Like if we all push on you, maybe you can pop through the, through the other side. <laughs> all right. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> start like start pushing on like Caspian's shoulders, trying to like push him down through the. <laughs> yeah, through I love that. I'm, I'm <laughs> really picturing cute. like Jello. Yeah. <laughs> It's not hard, actually. It's not like there's a, it's not presenting so much resistance that you all, like all three of you need to actively be pushing with all of your might. Once you all get into it, though, um, Caspian does go down underneath the water and you lose sight of him. Uh Uh-oh. I say, Caspian, Caspian, can you hear us? You do not hear anything. Well, he's gone. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh boy, um, I don't like this. I'm responsible for his dog. I do feel as though I should go in after him. Yeah, Fisher does some bark. Dot MP3s. <laughs> bark, bark. It's okay. Cal- calm down, Fisher. It's okay. Betty's just gonna dive in, and after Caspian, they're gonna follow him. Yeah, oh. you dive in with intent and with no issue. Do you uh, head first or feet first? I said dive. So, so head first. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Yeah, same. Sombra goes in. Oh, well, just me then. Father Fiat, you're left in the pitch black by yourself. <laughs> this is terrifying. I, I, I'll do, a, I'll do a, a, a hop, feet first, dive, plug my nose. <laughs> Fantastic. Father Fiat is someone who plugs his nose as he jumps into water. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Same. That's me. <laughs> same, same, goes same. Up. <laughs> you don't want it to go up. up. <laughs> <laughs> all right 
all four of you plunge in. Plunging into the ocean bed lake is disorienting, especially as your body attempts to adjust to a sudden reversal of gravity. The plunge downwards into water becomes a plunge upwards into the air, and as you emerge on the other side and upside down becomes right side up, you find yourselves in a completely different landscape. You're still surrounded by water, but only ankle deep now. You can feel the crisp night air on your wet skin, and the calm navy waters lap gently at your feet and stretch as far as you can see. The night sky is starless, not cloudy, just empty. You stand upon a set of train tracks, rusted, slippery, covered in seaweed and algae, and extending onwards forever. It is still very, very dark, but there's a pinprick of flickering light in the near distance. It's bobbing from side to side. Well, like moths to a flame. Let's follow. <laughs> what is this place? Well, clearly it's the center of the world. <laughs> <laughs> we went down and then we came out, and so we must be in the center. Is that how this works? <laughs> that feels like such a Planet Arcana flat earther thing. <laughs> so good. Fourth collide? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's only four really collides. <laughs> Yeah, look at the horizon. You can only see four. <laughs> By the arcana, this is strange. Mm. Well, we're here to do, do, do a mission. In and out. That was our plan, right? Mm. Well, the train tracks only lead one direction. And determinedly, um, <laughs> Betty... Nailed it. Thanks. <laughs> um, Betty, uh, perhaps you lead the way. Sorry, in point of order, a train track would lead two ways, but I, I think we'll I think we'll go towards the light. You would think that, right? But as you look behind you, the train tracks just seem to uh, plunge into the ocean, or the lake, oh. rather. Wow, these train tracks only go one way. <laughs> Incredible. You set off. You see, as you walk down the train tracks, the bobbing light starts to come into view. You see at first a long, featureless staff, easily seven or eight feet tall, with a natural branch hook at its top. It stands on its own, and upon its hook swings a hooded lantern. The lantern's flame is weak, constantly at the verge of flickering out entirely, and as the flame flickers, so too does the lantern itself. The staff whirls around as you approach it, so that the lantern faces you. A moment later, it swivels 180 degrees, and begins to glide across the train tracks, heading in the same direction you've been walking. How fast is it going? Walking speed. I say, Lantern, <laughs> are you friend or foe? <laughs> it flickers. What, is, what does that mean? Is, is it like one flicker for no, two for yes, or it'd be more sense the opposite way, I guess? Caspian goes towards it and uh, walks right up so that him and the Lantern are kind of face to face, and his eyebrows raise to show his full eyes in a really weird <laughs> wow <laughs> and then he pokes the lantern twice to see if anything happens yeah actually as you go to poke it your hand passes right through it it's totally incorporeal mm, funny light it's almost like it actually <laughs> reminds you of <laughs> when you like pass your hand through a candle flame Ow. well surely this is a gift from the arcana to light the way on our mission you see, Quintessa, the Arcana approve. You think so? H has anyone um, communed with the Hermit about the fact that we were coming? Oh, no. Mm. Hermit is terrifying. I would never. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I never thought about that, but uh, I could try. Oh, I, w I would love to see it. As would I. Uh, okay. All right. 
uh, how, how do I do that? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I think just like think really hard about it and like mm. be like, Mr. Hermit, can mm. we come in peace. All right. Uh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hurt yourself though. <laughs> so good it's not working are you sending like a thought or a, a feeling into the into the space or well, just kind of like being open i think he's trying really hard and that's not working so okay he kind of like tries for a bit and there's veins popping out the side of his head uh oh. but he gives up he's like out of breath a little bit and then he kind of like a strange calm comes over him and suddenly he realizes that he knows how to do this that he does this every day and he taps into something that is the source of everything for him and he breathes into the meditative state in which he communes with the hermit you all watch Caspian try for a while, which is potentially a bit uncomfortable to watch. The The veins are getting dangerously close to the edge. <laughs> but after a while, there's sort of a calmness that settles over all of you. And Caspian, you hear a voice. In fact, you all do. But for Sombra, Betty, and Father Fiat, it's a bit distant, like you're overhearing a conversation. And Caspian, the voice feels like it's coming from directly in front of you. Caspian, I had high hopes for you. But instead, you've barged into my space without permission. No doubt in search of something. Know this. You may only leave empty-handed. That's not very promising. They're upset with us. That was ominous. Do I recognize the voice? You don't recognize the voice, but you recognize the feeling. This feels like you've just spoken with the hermit. Mm. Well, that settles it. We should probably go. Yeah, I I don't like hearing from an arcana. Um, I don't know about you, but that's never happened to me before. Uh, never? Fuck this. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, okay. Okay, Fiat. What? No! What, what do you mean, okay, Fiat? Of course the Arcana talked to me. Mm-hmm. What? They say, Fiat, Fiat, we're so pleased with the work you're doing. Fiat, Fiat, we, we, we want you to have all of, the, all of the wealth and all of the riches because we're so pleased with you. I know sometimes when uh, I'm, I'm alone on my ship for a while, uh, Fisher will start to talk to me and uh, it, it's uh, not exactly... Uh, real but it feels real at the time and uh no there's nothing uh, nothing wrong with that if uh you're hearing things that aren't actually there it's just it's natural it's uh nothing to be ashamed about i think you too uh not not to like assume a lot of things but you two live a more secluded lifestyle than a lot of people and like maybe you get lonely you have to talk to yourself once in a while and that's totally natural yep you're talking to me <laughs> the farthest thing from secluded i mean okay sure you seem a bit socially secluded if you ask me <laughs> <laughs> yeah having the faintest idea what you're talking about i'm an excellent conversationalist everyone loves talking to me everyone looks me directly in the eye while we're talking i raise my sunglasses <laughs> again you see <laughs> 
This is an enjoyable experience for all. I don't love the eyes. We all enjoy your eye contact very much, Fiat. Uh, (laughs) Betty, Betty, I just... Yes? What do you give us for odds? I I mean, I know that they said, you know, 0% come out, but you're lucky. You're lucky, right? I mean, that's why that's why you're here, right? I mean, I I very rarely lose. So if it was zero percent coming in here. I'm gonna be an optimist and say maybe a two percent chance. <laughs> really, two percent? Huh? That's it? That is what I would be comfortable wagering. Yes. Oh boy. You start to feel the discomfort creep over you. And as you do, in turn, the lantern starts to behave a bit differently. The flickering becomes a bit more erratic. And then you see the flame and the lantern and the staff flicker violently, before suddenly extinguishing entirely. And as they do, you are all once again enshrouded in complete darkness. I'd like each of you to make a navigation check at discomfort. (sighs) Hmm. Okay, then. My limit score is eight, and I have drawn the two of cups. Okay, success. Uh, I'm going to use my lucky sand dollar and name a suit before drawing from my deck. Ooh. I'm going to call for pentacles, and... Ooh, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Queen, baby. Oh, but queen's a crit. Oh, oh. wow. Never oh, mind. Baby. Yes, the queen is in fact a crit success. And you do get a bonus effect with a queen um, in which you get to grant another player plus one to their limit score for their following draw. Hey, great. How about you, Betty? Bets. <laughs> so my limit score for navigate from discomfort is a nine and I pulled the two of swords. Hey. There you go. And Sombra? I am most certainly pulling the two of cups. Okay, all successes and in fact one critical success. There's a rather frightening moment here where all at once the light extinguishes and all you can see is just barely the edges of each other as you stand together. And as you look down, the train tracks don't go in one direction anymore. It's almost like they're going in a hundred different branching paths from where you're standing. And you look around, you become extremely disoriented. But I think Caspian grabs a hold of the situation, perhaps feeling the calmness and the familiarity of this entire area and drawing upon that. And perhaps that strength, just the intent alone, keeps all of you grounded. The train tracks all around you from the 100 branching paths start to slowly shift together to become one again. It's still very dark, but once again, from about 10 or 15 feet away, you see the bobbing light. It's getting closer. It's the lantern, but it's no longer upon the staff. Instead, it is in the hand of a skeleton rushing towards you. In tow, with two other skeletons, swords in hand ready to attack 